At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombic here, the World Messenger, and I'm inviting for another epic legacy leader show. I can absolutely wait to introduce this fantastic guest that agreed to have a conversation with us. He's joining us from LA, but his path is very interesting. His background is extremely diverse, and more than anything, he is doing some cool stuff that I know so many people would like to know how he got into, how they can possibly learn from him and get into the same industry and do similar things he does. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to superstar Mario Sekeli, who is not only just a writer, screenwriter, film and TV producer, he's also a film history professor. Oh my God, this doesn't get better, but he's also been interviewing as a freelancer on Mexican press. And also he's been a film and TV publicist. Oh my God, guys. But the best part I just learned, his heritage is from my neighboring country, Hungary. So Croatia and Hungarian getting together. So this is going to be fireworks. <laughs> hey, Mario, how are you? Hey, Isabella. So happy to be with you and your audience and to talk about movies and dreams and leadership and especially that we bring our heart as an European heritage. No, we are neighbors. Yes, now we cannot escape that, you know, because it's so funny, like you, you also have a other heritage, I'm sure, and then how you learn the Spanish and where you grew up that we want to depict. But let's start before we touch the movies, which I'm sure everybody is on the edge and want to learn so much because entertainment, a specific film industry, attracts so many people and everybody wants to dabble into that dream. Do you mind sharing, where did you grow up? Where is your upbringing? Obviously starting with Hungary, but did you grow up in Hungary or did you uh, were born and raised somewhere else? Yeah, no, I was, I, actually, this is a crazy story. Uh, well, it's an immigrant story, yeah, uh, in, especially in America, we are full of these stories. Uh, my grandfather was from Hungary. She, uh, he was born in Budapest. And then uh, he moved to Mexico uh, between the First and Second World War. And he met my abuelita, my grandmother, from Puebla, Mexico. And they, Puebla is the place where they, they make this great mole. <laughs> and, Ooh, I love good mole with the, that chocolate flavor and beans. Exactly. And the sauce to dip in. Oh, my goodness. Now you're making me hungry. <laughs> I know. So sorry. I always talk about food. I don't know why. My students no, hate no, no, me it's because. Great. I... <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about mole, yeah. So my it was like a perfect dish now. Like my abuelita and my grandfather from European tradition, um, they they built a family. They uh, and they moved to Mexico City. They have eight. Uh, uh, sons uh, actually were six male male and two daughters and then uh, from there my mother is one of these daughters so uh, i i come from her because she 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 went to she was one of her first generation who moved to uh, in this case to washington dc to study her master degree 
uh -huh. and then the funny thing is that she met there my father from mexico city and they they learned that they they lived like uh, just like a few blocks away when they were studying in kindergarten they attend the same mass the same matinee and they went wow. to be yeah but they just met in in, in the united states in washington and my father was oh, going to amazing. be a and the funny thing is, is my father was, was was going to be a priest he was with, with the jesuits so they have an interesting story. They met there because my father was studying his master's degree and then they, 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 they feel something about them. And then my father decided at the end and obviously after praying and all of that, that his call with God was to create a family. So thanks God, I'm, he did that because if not, I would not be here in front of you. That, that, that's, it's the great that he, that prayer was answered, right? So you had a chance and opportunity. But that's such a beautiful story. Uh, and mm -hmm. a figured in Washington, DC, and they used to be so close to each other in Mexico. Crazy, things happen with the reason, don't they? For sure, it's destiny, it's destiny. And I would say that one day I'm gonna tell their story in a movie and I'm gonna win an Oscar for that because it's very interesting and passionate story. So they met, they, they married and they came back to Philadelphia because my father was studying there. And that's why I was born there in Philadelphia. We spent there for years and then because they, both of them, they have a scholarship, so they have to come back to Mexico to apply their knowledge. We lived just for like an eight months in Mexico City and then my father was hired in Monterrey, Mexico. This is close to Texas, to the border, to it's three hours away from the border to like they say McAllen, Laredo, Houston, San Antonio, Texas are in that line. Um, and because of that, I was involved with this communication thing. My father was hired to be the, a director of a television, a public television company there. And wow. it was a ch an open channel, yes. It's like kind of PBS, let's say it that way, or BBC uh -huh. in Mexico. So, uh, and that's why since, I almost uh, get born in an in editing uh, facility because he was doing his thesis about that and my mother was pregnant like almost there. The next day I was born in Philadelphia and then when I was four we moved to, to Monterrey as I said. My sister, my only sister was born there and I was raised in this town that is a very industrial city, very progressive city. In, in, in Mexico, very conservative city, I have to say too. So they don't pay attention too much to the arts. They pay the attention to the business, more like Houston or Dallas, Texas. Texas. Yes. Uh, but because my father and my mother too, uh, they have this background in history and arts and they love movies. That's creativity. why I was raised creativity. I was raised in a different way. And, um, and I use my second, my last name as Sekeli instead of Pacheco, that's my father's last name, because my name is like my father, we, we, our name is the same, Mario Pacheco, and my father is writer too. So there was always a confusion oh. when I was writing the newspaper in Monterrey, people thought that was my father, because he was famous, as I say, because he directed this oh. channel. So you had to separate identity because it's the same name and same last name. I mean, you could kick all the credits for all the great work you did. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that I, was a good answer. <laughs> but you wanted to, but you wanted to build your name for yourself and without being compared and contrasted. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is very powerful, very noble of you actually to do that. 
Thank you. Yes, I think everyone has to follow their path. And there was a moment uh, like 10 years after that, that I was involved doing, a, I was the publicist of this Mexican movie. And they're going to put for the first time my, my name in the big screen. I was so excited. But before that, I called my father and I said, this is it. You want me to keep the second last name like Mario Secali? You don't know, be bothered like, okay, I'm not using Pacheco. And I said, yeah, yes, yes, people know you because of that. And, and that's the way that it happened. That is beautiful. And thank you for sharing that uh, story because a lot of times we're also seeing people using um, their artistic names and whatnot and, and going through different stages of who they are and their intensity crisis and things that they're trying to escape. And here at least was nothing like crazy bloody murder or anything like that. And <laughs> you're not on FBI most wanted list. So that's good. Good to know. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, I, I don't think... Uh... <laughs> Someone is looking for me. <laughs> You're safe. <laughs> um, but a jo joke and to say then thank you for playing with me on this because you know a lot of times people actually do to hide something right it's not usually always from the progressive way of thinking and and creative work but that is fantastic so with that in mind obviously you already had exposure to tv and you and, and you expanding on communication not being multilingual so it's kind of easy for you to just dive into film industry, I'm assuming that's kind of what, what you grew up with and you just wanted to expand further. Is that how you kind of found your own path? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of that because there's not always a straight line to your dreams, I would say. Even that I was very fortunate that when I was seven, and I'm going to bring one of my Friends Hill fellows, Little Jora to, to, to with <laughs> oh, me. Oh, so cute. God, I wish I could grab it and have a hug. Oh, I'm going to so do it for you. Look, I'm hugging her. <laughs> Such a sweet one. And a nice oh. size of it. It's not too small. It's really sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. Uh, and, and the funny thing is I put it here beside the computer. So he, he's watching me. So I see your eyes and baby Joda's eyes watching at me. So I feel like <laughs> I really intimidated with both that both couple of eyes. But <laughs> but okay, but yes, yes, I have to bring him here because that's where Star Wars happened. When I was seven, Star Wars uh, was uh, released in the world. And there was this craziness about the movie. And I was very looking forward for it because I was already collecting cards with uh, image of the movie. Uh, I was in se in second grade when that happened, and and then the movie show up, and obviously I went with my family. And after that, for me, it was like oh my, my mind was blown away, like in pieces. And I asked my father, tell me all about it, but not just about the toys that my friends or my began to collect but about the making of the movie tell me about who what i have to do in order to create that thing one day so he began to tell me about george lucas the the film writer and director and and the special effects and all of that and i say oh my god i love it so i began to collect magazines and everything that i could grab about how they made the movie i was not so much fan of the obviously i have my toys but most of it i, I wanted to know all the behind the scenes stuff and because my father was already fan of Walt Disney, he could, in his own mind, create a comparison about George Lucas is the new Walt Disney for, for this generation. So he, he already began to talk about Walt Disney and George, and George Lucas, obviously Steven Spielberg, because he released Close Encounters of the Third Kind the same year. 
And I was also very fan of the the uh, King Kong remake where where they build this gigantic machine. So I really was very fun about special effect. That was my my favorite Oscar every year since I was a teenager. I was really crazy about the the magic behind the movies, and uh, and because also my father is a film buff, he he actually I remember sitting with him watching the original King Kong on on my TV, black and white movie. He explained me about stop motion and all of that. Obviously, the classic actors Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Ingrid Bergman, uh, all, all the gang, Alfred Hitchcock, and, and then classic Hollywood. So I I really. I was just like playing around, but and, but without knowing, I was learning a lot. And I was the one that you, you go to a cinema, you can see this little kid or maybe a teenager kid, depending on my age, just staring to the poster of a movie. And I have this skill that I can read the, the titles, like let's say like uh, uh, John Williams is the one who composed the music, no? or or Rimo Schigman is the photographer, or or uh, Joe Dante is the director, or I don't know, uh, Tom Cruise is the actor. And then, like, a few hours after I watched the poster, I have the titles in my mind. I know all about them. And it's funny because I always learned the English names, but not the Latino names. I was a, a professor, as you say, and I always have a bad time learning the name of my students. But I can learn by heart the names of the credits of American movie. I don't know why I have that, that thing. It's so interesting. You, you spot on some things that also get in our memory. Like I'm also bad with some names, but, uh, but also places that I've been and even some streets or, or cities or whatever. It's like, it's like right there, right on the dot. So it's funny how your mind works and i think uh i don't know it's like someone inside you is telling you that that's the path that you have to follow because it's your family your community the way of your world so talking about star wars and about my life and the question that you asked me before i i, I was very fortunate to know my dream but the problem as i said is the city my friends they were just talking about drinking a beer or having a uh, building a company one day, uh, uh, selling shoes or beer or cars or whatever, but they were not thinking about writing and characters and Hollywood and all of that. And especially in those days, in, in the 70s, in the 80s, when I was a teen, um, there was not Mexico film industry. There were not. So yeah. until the 90s, we went to hear uh, like Water for Chocolate, and then obviously the three amigos erupt. Like they were, they're still my my heroes. Guillermo yeah. del Toro with Cronos, Alfonso Cuaron. He did a romantic comedy about AIDS. That was very crazy, but it was a good comedy. And and Iñárritu came years after that with Amores Perro. So. In that time, I graduated at when I was uh, 21 because I was very young when I began to study the, the whole thing. And my goal was to study cinema in America. So, but the only way was to have a scholarship, obviously. Uh. So I tried to have it and at a couple of years I was like a runner up, but never have it. So I, there was, I was 24 then. Uh, it was March actually, and it was the the month that Selena, you know, the singer, was shot to death. Yes. And for my, for Monterrey, my hometown was like someone, like a daughter of, of the city, were, were was killed because they really love Selena. 
I didn't know her so much, but I really felt it like it's a tragedy because she was so young and so talented. And after that, I began to love her music too. But I don't know, I was that it was the Holy Week, actually. I'm a Catholic, as I say, my father was going to be a priest. And I began to think about my life and I say, you know, Mario, in November, you're going to be 25. You don't have a girlfriend. You just uh, you already work for three years for the main newspaper. I'm going to tell you this story also. And you don't have nothing more to do. Uh, so I think you have to move to Mexico because I was going to have my interview for the scholarship in Mexico. And I say my, my grandmother just uh, get, became widow, uh, widower and she, she has like four free rooms in her house because of the big family that I just said. So I'm going to ask her to stay there. So without saying nothing to my parents, they knew that I was going to go in August the 18th for this interview. But they didn't know my plan to stay there forever. So I was there. And it's, it's, it's amazing, Isabella, how God works with this. Because yes. in the same weekend, actually, let me tell you this way. Two days before I, I, I have this trip to Mexico, my editor, who used to be in Monterrey with me, she find she 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 moved to Mexico. You know, she was she was living there now, Mexico City, because the newspaper that we have in Monterey uh, built a sister newspaper in Mexico City called Reforma. So my editor had to 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 travel a lot to to Mexico City to to train the new journalists there, and what and, and then she met uh, this guy who was gonna who was a journalist of the news news new paper, new newspaper sorry and they become the, uh, a couple and then they they were get married whatever so she remembered me and and she called me hey mario do you want to come back to write for my newspaper and in those days we just have fax so i say how am i gonna write for you or you just write your thing and you send it by fax okay but what about if i do it uh, in front of you in, in your own desk and she said why and i say because in two days i'm gonna go to mexico and i want to move there and she said really this is crazy so i went to mexico for my scholarship interview and then and after the interview i went to her office and she hired me in the spot from there i went to visit a friend who had she was working for this uh, uh, big uh, campus in mexico actually also a sister of the campus that i studied in monterrey tecnológico de monterrey so so these two monterrey companies have their own version in mexico city and i was going to these companies no so she introduced me to this professor who was looking for an assistant in the media department and he said come back uh, this, this was a friday he said come back on monday and he hired me in the spot. So in less than four days, I got two jobs in Mexico City. Wow. <laughs> and I asked my grandmother, can I stay with you for a while between I figured out and the money, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and she said, yes. So I call my parents and say, look, uh, uh, mom and dad, uh, I don't know yet the answer of my scholarship because they're going to take like a month or two. But I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to say that I'm going to stay here with my grandma. And they were like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> and my mother told me after that, that even that she was crushed about, oh, my son is going to, to, to another city. She knew since I was a kid that this moment was coming that, that because I said I want to pursue movie, a movie career. And obviously I was pursuing the scholarship. And I have to add that I moved to Mexico City also to obviously to emancipate 
and to begin to my own journey no that's why that's why i decided to 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 move away from my parents home and and that's it that's that, that was the way but talking about uh my career uh i was telling you that i was a film buff already i studied communication and so that's how you got into film history, I'm assuming, and that's how you'll continue to do freelancing and everything else. But also shows to me, like when you even have a smaller opportunity, and I just want to for people that are listening and watching, sometimes you never know what that opportunity can lead to. And you don't know if it's a sister company or if it's a smaller office, how you can actually be brought up to the bigger office, to different city, to different country, and, and how this can also springboard your growth because they already know you, they already trust you, they already know quality of your work. And a lot of people right now are so impatient. They want all, all of a sudden overnight to be A-lister stars, but they never put any work and any effort. I was like, are you guys kidding me? How you guys think that in reality, this is really happening and to whom that happened whose path you're trying to follow right because they don't see things when people are in process of making they see where you already arrived so i'm so glad you shared that because it has so much value trusting yourself taking the risk being resourceful but more than anything desiring to go further and and obviously you obviously did yeah i, I think uh and Talking about Star Wars analogy, I, I always say that uh, Monterrey that also is, uh, is in the middle of the desert, so it's kind of Tatooine, but we have mountains, not like Tatooine that is plain, but we, it's a desert. So I say, and you feel really alienated from the rest of the country. In Latin America, as you know, most of the action happens in the main cities, in the capitals. Yes. So even though I was in a very progressive city with a, actually with a lot of money around, but they were not focusing media and they were not focusing art, the thing that I really love it. So I knew that I really have to move even to the States or to Mexico City. And, and for me, without knowing, talking about what you're saying, let's say that I got the scholarship. So I will be like, because I didn't got it. No? So, so let's say that I got it. Uh, the way for me will be, my path will be like from Monterrey, that is a city very their eyes of this uh, of the citizenship citizenship sorry the eyes of the citizens are always looking to America to Texas not to Mexico and because my parents teach me all of this American culture I was more like being a Mexican but as a someone that lives in the border not like a real Mexican let's say it that way no uh, so you were already kind of a blend of both cultures. Exactly. So the problem will be right now will be if I, if I if I got the scholarship that would be obviously my dream since I was seven. Obviously, I was crying when I received the scholarship that I didn't have the the scholarship. But if that happened, moving to America right away, the consequences uh, will be that I didn't be I didn't have I didn't have uh, I couldn't have the knowledge about being a Mexican. And for, and you know that here in America, I'm saying United States of America, obviously, uh, in, and especially these years, you have to bring something new to the table. Yeah. Not just be the, the, the traditional American. You have to be now the Mexican American, for example, or the Latino and tell and bring stories and background. Because imagine that I'm going to be, let's say, let's, let's have, bring some imagination. Imagine that one day I can be in front of Steven Spielberg and he could say, 
Mario, you are from Mexico. Tell me about your traditions. Tell me about your culture. Tell me how, how is to be a Mexican. And I would just be having to have the available to show him my Monterrey experience, but not the Mexico City. Uh, and Mexi and for example, Day of the Dead that is so famous right now, Dia de los Muertos. Yes. yes. Until the last, I would say, 10 years, Monterrey people began to celebrate it. They care more about Halloween than Dia de los Muertos in the past when I was a kid. Wow. So moving to Mexico City gave me the chance to learn by heart all these traditions and all these people coming from different places and different backgrounds. And now I can imagine being in this meeting with Spiller and say, if, if someday happens, but like, hey, yes. Mexican yes, is like this. You've able to truly represent your culture in an authentic way because you experience it and you have broadened up uh, opportunities. And that's a very good point because obviously I came from Europe and uh, I had to be molded into American culture, right? And for a lot of Americans, they will still joke around. I was like, you're still European. And for a lot of Europeans, they will be like, come on, you're so Americanized, whatever that means, right? But on the other hand, it's like, yes, we learn the language, but you also have to learn the culture and culture is so complex and so broad and so why, why depending on which part of the state and country you're in from south to north to east to west to central continental area to islands you know to hawaii everybody has a very different not only accent but different cultural uh, heritage upbringing style cuisine the music tradition and for mexico it's it's a tapestry of so much isn't it yeah, it's like if you think in the, in the other way, it's like you, if you bring someone from Houston to Mexico City, a, a person who always live in Houston, and you ask how, how is to be an American, and he just have this experience living in Houston, or a Californian, and it's, United States of America is very complex. So you really need to, to know your country, to travel, uh, to... Exactly. to and, and expose yourself to expose yourself to you can it's it's just like you you can tell when somebody's just reading from the book and telling what they want you to hear or just repeat and recycle the same stuff and i'm uh -huh. sure you were able to bring the culture piece also into movie because the history of the movies i'm sure there was not just the mexican history there was american history but it was also world history around the movies right and then how things change over the years so do you mind sharing a little bit about how that influence had also changed over the time from the film perspective, what do you see happening before and right now? Well, uh, let's say it from the Mexico point of view, we have our golden era around the Second World War, World War uh, because America was so focused in the war that also they invest in Mexico studios and we, we have our own Hollywood with Mexican movies and very nationalistic kind of stories where the charro and the singer uh, the, uh, people they they, 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 we had like musicals with people talking about the, the power of our country and, and the people living in the country, in the countryside and the horses. And, and also we have movies that talk about the, the, this new Mexico, the modern Mexico. We were, we, after second world war, we were ahead in Latin America about the, the miracle in Mexico, they call it like that in the economic field. And so then in the 70s, we have a problem with because uh, Hollywood was already Hollywood movies were around and there was some corruption in the Mex with the Mexican producers. So we have like a really 10 years of bad movies in general, even though we have good creators, obviously, 
but the industry was very bad and also we have onions around the cinema theaters so the, the you cannot fix the theaters and it was always a mess going to a theater like the middle class was they were not interested a lot to go into the cinema but then in the 90s um the onions were gone and you, we have the bigger chains like Cinemark and Union Artist and also we have another Mexican chain that is Cinepolis that's so big now in the world and so they improved their exhibition and that's what in the same moment uh, the new generation of filmmakers like Guillermo del Toro, Iñárritu, Cuarón and the photographers like Chivo Lubezki, Rodrigo Prieto or Sama Hayek or Diego Luna or Gael García Bernal Began to they began to do their stuff, and we can see we can see it again in a or the, for the first time in a great cinema theater, and also appreciate the new Mexican movies with great sound, with great images, with their great acting, powerful, powerful storytelling, and we fall in love with those movies, and that's why in that moment talking about destiny, I didn't know that I was in this right moment at the right time when this new trend and new filmmakers began to do movies and that's when suddenly i received this call from the academy in mexico and they uh, this guy from actually he's from colombia but he he was living in mexico he was in charge to promote the short films in film festivals so he called me and said mario i like your piece that you wrote uh, a month ago about our filmmakers the, about our students filmmakers so talking about never say never to anything because these guys were not famous they were just four kids who have a who were involved in a film festival international internationally and and and, and i just wrote a piece of uh, about them in the newspaper and he said i love your report with them and your piece so i'm just promoting yourself, uh, promoting you with a pro Mexican producer, is a young producer, because we really, as an academy, want to push the new filmmakers to do it as a Hollywood way. Uh, and I, 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 I said to him, you have to have a publicist in your set. You have to have someone who write the, 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 the press releases and who, are in, who is in charge of the press, who can create a set visit, bringing journalists to the set, to create awareness about your film and you have to 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 yes to have someone who know about the press the, the the way that they work so suddenly i have this uh, breakfast with this producer and he said okay uh, enrique from the academy told me that you know about this okay you're hired and i say okay but it was the first time that someone's gonna do this in mexico because we were okay I don't know nothing about this, but I know because I've been, I've been having, as a journalist, I had a chance to come to LA to some set visits and some press junkets. Uh, and that's the way that I learned. So I say, well, I have to remember how they did it because they are, they are behind the desk, bringing me the press releases, the pictures and all of that. I know already how to interview a celebrity. So I, I did it and, and I have my first film credit. And after that, Cuaron hired me to be his publicist for Ituma Tambien. And I met Gael Garcia Bernal. I was in a private plane flying to Oaxaca Beach with Gael and Diego. And I said, what just happened? A year ago, I was just writing small oh, pieces in the <laughs> But 
fraction of second. But the, I love your attitude, Mario. If you don't mind, I just want to reflect on second what you just said. You did not know necessarily that, but you observed others and you were like, okay, if I know how to do what they did, and I can just follow and mirror and, and, and figure it out. And that is guys, what is all about. It's not about black or white. It's not about dispelling every single item and task and duty, but really being nimble, being agile, being willing, taking risks and then showing up. So since like you have a pattern, how you get higher, you just show up and jobs happens. I love it. <laughs> so you've been a publicist, uh, obviously for Mexican, uh art our artists and and but you also did a quite a bit of interviewing in new uh in, i'm sorry not new york i want to say in hollywood in la and during the oscars and different premieres and you were able to bring that uh exposure of the talent from mexico to united states of america right <laughs> and, and do you mind just sharing some of the famous people you've been around uh, some A-listers or who, whoever you feel like you have really been so impressed by that you met in some of those events that you had a chance to interview or shake the hand. Yeah, well, I have to begin again because little Joda is watching at me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about his grandfather, George Lucas. Uh, my, my dream interview happened in 2002 when I was asked to be the only Latin American journalist uh, beside the Brazilians because they speak Portuguese, but they speak uh -huh. Spanish-speaking journalists uh, uh, to go to the Skywalker Ranch and sit in front of Josh Lucas and, and have a one-hour wow. interview. Wow, in his... that is huge. Oh my goodness, congratulations. Yeah. So, okay, now we see the Star Wars and Yodas <laughs> and, and all the figures on the on the, behind you with the bookshelf and everything else. Oh my goodness, that is amazing. It was amazing. And, and, and then I have the chance to interview Steven Spielberg and talking about for the purpose of our conversation uh, we have before I, I met him to have this interview they have also a press conference this was paris i never thought i was gonna meet spielberg in paris he was promoting tintin with peter jackson the lord of the rings director mm -hmm. and, and and they sat beside the actors and in a press conference before so i was there and i raised my hand like three times to ask questions Journalists are kind of lazy sometimes because they know that at the end they say, well, I'm going to have maybe a one-on-one -on -one interview. I don't want to use my questions in, in, the, in a press conference because in that everyone is going to have my question. But I have like 30 questions to Peter Jackson and Steven Spielberg. So I asked like three over there. But I always talk and talking about the beginning of my uh, love for cinema. I always ask questions about the craft yes never about gossip never about who are so that's why they care about me because they they know that i'm going to ask the, the right questions to bring them an opportunity to say yes mario i spent two years writing this script or no like happened to me when i went to london when uh Quaron was shooting with clive owen and his best friend chivo Lubeski, the dp uh, children of men uh, and Quaron was like a little kid, like, hey, Mario, come, come, come. You know, we're trying to do this long takes, five minutes long take, and the producer is so mad because we're losing so much money if it doesn't happen. So we just have one try to do it. So he made me like his accomplished 
like his partner in crime in that in in that moment and I, and i was just staring at him like oh my god this guy is so powerful but at the end of the day he's breaking rules he's still breaking rules he's still pushing the envelope that's the way he pushes the envelope no yes to, to reach excellence to do better and to make him some scenes absolutely most memorable and that's where the craft as you said shines and over the years so many like steven spielberg spielberg uh and his um shows i mean his movies everything he's been touching on i feel like he went also through good growth and trajectory and different styles also right sure sure so so that's the way let me just finish that spiller story so so when i arrived for the one-on-one -on -one, actually it was not a one-on-one -on -one, it was 10 on, on on two because this is the the most amazing room ever because it was steven spielberg and peter jackson sitting in a sofa and oh 10 God. journalists like we like yeah 10, 10 journalists sitting in the chair or maybe in the floor around them interviewing them but this is a great lesson when i arrived to the room i just saw from the distance that uh someone was in the door and the and the, the journalists were coming one by one well, the one who was in the door was Steven Spielberg. Imagine, Steven Spielberg, he opened the door to the journalists and everyone was saying hi, 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 hi to him. And he was shaking hands with all of them. I was the last one. And, uh, and, and, and he said, thank you for the questions. And I said in the, in the press conference. So that was the thing that they, 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 he noticed me. Uh -huh. and, and then I said, yeah, Mr. Spielberg, I just want to say thank you. And, let, let me tell you that that I always show uh, one of your sequences in Empire of the Sun in my film history class, and they love the sequence. And, and he said, uh, so you teach? And I said, yes, I'm a film professor. And he said, oh, that's why. And he made the connection about that my questions were about film history and the craft, because obviously I'm a professor. But imagine that he, he he's so busy. And he took the time to think that this journalist from Mexico is a professor and he's asking this question because he loves movies. And, and then at the end, because my father loves Tintin so much, like he's crazy about Tintin since he was a kid. Like for me, it's the Star Wars. So I bought the, in Paris the new comic book that, that, about Tintin. And I bring it to him and I say, do you mind signing it to my father? Because I be, he's a big fan of Tintin. And obviously your work and we love your work and all of that. No? And he signed it to my father and he said, good work. Like I was the good work for my father. Aww. That is so beautiful. And I'm so glad you share this story because shows that also that's the true leaders, doesn't matter how big and great they got, doesn't matter how huge following, how popular they might get and impactful and influential are still down to earth, most genuine people. And those people I absolutely love when it's not about who is upping, who is done and looking people different way and looking down on them, but finding the time, as you said, and, and truly connect, genuinely connect. And I honestly think that is everything that is all about even for today because we're seeing lack of leadership. We're seeing a lack of people who are exuding those qualities and those attributes. And it's just so sad, as they said, you know, some things were so good about that old Hollywood or that Hollywood from 70s, 80s, 90s, or different era, right? Because there were the different perspective. 
but there were also different values of character, of integrity and everything else. It doesn't mean there was no chaos and some crazy stuff happening during that time, but also you always could depict who you wanna work with, who you wanna hire, who you want it in your studio, who you want to be leading actor or actress. And, and, and who is easy to work with, who you can count on that's gonna show up, who is not gonna be prima donna or diva or, or I'll be too demanding and looking at people down and, and mistreat them because we see and hear so much abuse that happened, right? So let, me, let, me, let me add something about this beautiful thing that you're, you're saying and bringing again uh, Spielberg. One of the things that you learn in Hollywood and also I learned with the Mexican filmmakers is that they love to work with the same people all over again. That's why you, 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 you see, you, you, you know that uh, uh, Lubezki, the photographer, won an Oscar uh, for uh, Alfonso Cuaron and for Iñárritu because they say yeah, it's good to work with Chivo, so he comes to work with them. And Spielberg, he used to work, as you know, with Kathleen Kennedy the, as an executive producer and, and her husband, Frank Marshall. And, and, and that's why he brings both of them to the Indiana Jones movies where George Lucas was the producer. Yeah. And at the end, guess who is the one who, who, who got the Skywalker Emporium? Kathleen Kennedy. Because they love to, to work together. So if you are a team player, you're always going to be with this company and you're going to grow with them. And I love of that, that it's a certain loyalty there and consistency, because if it's already work, and I see this in companies too, when you already have a winning team and their own expertise and working so well together, no need to disrupt that. And on the end of the day, they want to enjoy it. They want to make a craft so that you and I have the same standards. And if one has a lower standards than the other, our projects will not ever be the best that they could, right? If we don't share the same vision, if we don't think that, that what is important and, and show what, where the value is and what standards we're holding each other's for. And that is something that, again, I feel like it got so much disrupted. It's great to see all this new talent. By all means, we need a new blood, right? And giving people chance and opportunity. But we also see that a lot of people expect just to be handed to get to them or given an entitlement or not putting that extra extra mile or extra work and, 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 and demand. And that is to me, is like the man cannot be done before you put your work into. And just like, you guys got this backwards, right? And of course, entitlement and everything else. But I'm also seeing this crazy stuff, which is called smartphone and the celebrities and then just the taking selfies and just association or I rub the elbow of the such and such actor and actress. But the reality is just like, what this tells about you? You know, it's it's about, yes, it's great to meet all these beautiful people and be in the same room or pass by, but the mm -hmm. reality is, do they remember you? As you said, they, you, you made a very memorable impression and that is the difference. How do you stand out in whatever you do in your own craft? So with Perfect. that in mind, if you don't mind sharing, I know we can go on and on and we're getting close to the top of our, of our great session here for today. Do you mind just sharing I mean, what is next? I mean, when you, when all this is getting disrupted, what do you see is coming? And then also, I'm just curious, what is your next uh, big undertaking you want to tackle? 
<laughs> Besides taking me to the next premiere of Oscars, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, the red carpet is ready. Yes, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> just bring that dress that you you have you have in your room. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, what's next is very interesting, uh, Isabella, because uh, I think is the question that every Hollywood artist or or someone who wants to get in the industry is asking for because um, you know what the crisis that we just have for a year, uh, the the theaters were closed. Uh, we have we're just so now uh, I don't know familiar with watching movies in in our house with these streaming services and we all uh, actually I I will say that last Christmas a lot of people bought a bigger screen 4K blah 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 to enjoy more uh, watching movies in home but uh, i think uh, hollywood is coming back in, in in also in the exhibition arena i think movie theaters are gonna open now and people are gonna feel uh they're gonna feel the urgency to go uh and and experience a movie in in a big way in a big screen but also uh the 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 way that we 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 experience movies in home is is going to stay like uh, forever because we already know that it's a good idea to watch a TV series in one night or or watch three movies in a row and the studios know they know that so that's why Disney and Warner Brothers and all the big studios also are are also releasing the movies at the same time or charging you a little more to watch it on your home the same day that it's going to be released at the big theater so there is going to be some changes, but I will say now that after also the social movement that we've been facing the last years, that from Me Too, Times Up, Black Lives Matter, we need a Latino hashtag. I hope it's coming soon because yes. uh, we need to push the Latino community. Uh, and the tragedy or the drama or the challenge, let's say we use a better word, the challenge of the Latino community is that we really have the talent but uh, we really have to show the the people in power and uh, that we need to see in every show or or almost in any show obviously a latino there and and yes. it's not going to be just the gardener that god bless them yes. but we have to have doctors and detectives and people in power or criminals no? or drug cartel or whatever what we typically used to see and you're spot on it's so similar to black community that where we need to have a healthy good representation that we're so much portraying certain communities in such a bad poor light and as a result children it's as an educator it's affecting children what they think that they can be and who they can be and and who who are they associated with because when you limit so much and take you degrade in the community and you have so many as you said beautiful successful uh representatives in all types of industry and definitely needs to be more roles and more uplifting positive roles as well and different image totally and i think isabella is, is we're getting closer to that we have more latinos here living in hollywood uh, also because of the streaming situation and the digital way to make movies uh, there is not uh, you don't have to bring everybody here into los angeles to shoot a movie you can do it in your hometown in your house in in your country in your city and then bring that project to uh, to the streaming platforms or to the or to a big studios to release it on in, on on the theater no but i would say that we're going to have more still we're going to have this struggle 
the, I, I have to be optimistic that because really I, 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 the, the biggest studios are creating these programs to support Latinos. They're hiring more Latinos. Now the, 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 the trick is to wait if they're gonna really put the, these people behind the cameras and also the Latino characters in an important shows in order to begin to, to this change, no? But I would say that if it's not happened like that, I would say that Latino community can unite and express more in, in social media, especially the new generations that are really into it. Like, hey, I want to see more of myself there. And obviously I'm, I'm, I'm with them. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, you, your generation have to do it. No, we are in this, in this thing together. Exactly. And there needs to be co cohesive support. And, 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 and that's the only way you guys are going to be able to break through and, and make some major strides by uniting, not dividing, right? And that's the word that we have to use in every subject in this country and in the world, no? Uniting, not, not divided. But I, I'm optimistic. I think we're going to do it. And, and about myself, you ask about what's next for me. I'm kind of in this moment of uh, reinventing myself <laughs> uh, because all of this crazy stuff that happened in Hollywood and in the world. But also because, as I said, I was a kid who said after watching Star Wars, I want to do one of these things. It's not just I just want to write about them. I want to do it. So right now, and the funny thing is, is, is coming back again to the special effects uh, field. I'm, I'm doing a documentary about the, this Mexican who came around the 1920s, revolution time, to Hollywood. He was an immigrant. He came with his, fa with his family. He was 12 years old. His name was Marcel Delgado. And turn turns out that he was a very good sculptor. He was an artist. And, and, and he was studying that in, here in California and actually in LA and he was spot by this uh, uh, Hollywood magician called uh, Willis O'Brien and Willis O'Brien was doing this experimental fantasy movie called King Kong wow. uh, and Willis hired uh, uh, Marcel Delgado and he helped him to create the and build the creature King Kong, the monster. Yes. yes. Uh, so if you see King Kong, that I watched so many times as a little girl over and over again. Yes. 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 It's, 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 it's one of the the best movies ever. And if you see King Kong moving around, well, a Mexican hands was involved in that in the building that creature. So I want to create that this documentary in order to create awareness about the Latino presence since the beginning of times in Hollywood. And also to celebrate his life, I think he's an, an unsung hero, and I, I and and my and my goal is like not just uh, uh, United States and the Academy and film buffs say, oh, Marcel is a was a great artist, but in Mexico too, the, especially from people from his hometown state in Coahuila in the north, that, that is the same place that I that I'm coming from, uh, they, they 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 acknowledge that this guy was one of them and and so i really looking forward for that and in the same time i'm writing a book uh, about guillermo del toro life so mm. monsters and creatures are around me isabella and i think uh, talking about destiny again my mind is going to be focusing this kind of metaphors and analogies about living using fantasy that is my favorite genre 
and and we're gonna uh, I'm gonna be writing the book about Guillermo's life, and at the same time I'm gonna write I'm gonna do the documentary about Marcelo uh, life, and I would say that they collide because actually Guillermo is doing Pinocchio for Netflix, and he's using a stop motion, so it's like wow. the generations yeah. are speaking to each other, and I'm wow. so in love with that. So what do you think? It's a good idea to embark in this adventure? Absolutely. I think it is great because actually you mentioned some of my two favorite books. Uh, I mean, favorite movies also, King, King Kong and also Pinocchio. But Pinocchio was also very popular when I was a child. And I remember analogies that are being used. It's like every time you lie, look at how big your nose is getting and we'll be checking in the mirrors, you know, it's like, are you lying or you're not lying, you know? So we're just like all these puzzle things and I could not lie to, you know, it's like every time I try, we're just so clear that I cannot even tell the lie. So when I was younger, you know, so they were just kind of cute. And I always uh, was fascinated. How is it being made? And from there, there was different versions of it. But as a story and, and obviously putting on the screen and imagination and fantasy, as you said, those are the things that we connect and then help us also to dream of something else and build creativity within us. So I think it's beautiful. Well, let me tell you one thing about talking about destiny, but my father's favorite film ever is Pinocchio. <laughs> and when I was a kid, he already said, I watched this film 25, 30 times on the big theater. This was the time where we don't have VCR um, or videotape. Yeah, there is a home, yes. Yeah, exactly. So we we have like, I don't know, I, 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 I stopped to count them, but we have like more than 20 Pinocchios in my home in oh. Mexico. And our theme is uh, when you wish upon a star, obviously, that's our theme. And you know the connection when, when we went to see Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the Steven Spielberg movie, as you remember, the, the Richard Dreyfuss character lost Pinocchio and the music that John Williams created for the movie mixed the, 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 the soundtrack with when you wish upon a star song. Huh. So, my, so my father did this click about Spielberg, obviously his generation, he also is in love with Disney and Pinocchio and he is creating this movie as a tribute also to Pinocchio. Actually Spielberg, several movies of Steven Spielberg relates with Pinocchio. He did also AI, that's Pinocchio in, in the modern times. Uh, so that's the connections that you can see and I would say like uh, for your audience, like if you wanted to tell your story uh, ask first your parents their story about or your uncles or your, your grandparents or and because you're coming from that part and and that's why sometimes some things resonate in you because for them from uh, was important no and and talking about close encounters of the third kind you remember that scene where richard Dreyfus is sitting in his family table, the dinner table, and he's doing the mashed potatoes, and he begins to this this shape, and everyone is looking at him like crazy, and he says, I don't know what it is, but this is important, and his mind is telling him to, to build a mountain with, with the mashed potatoes, because that's the mountain where the aliens are going to come in, in the next days. So I would say that uh, your personal call is like that. In the beginning, you don't understand why you have these messages from your heart or from above of you or whatever, but something is telling you, your instinct is telling you that you have to build this shape that you don't know what it's gonna be, but at the end it's gonna be your own career and your own life.
But you have to keep doing it. You stop to doing it and you say, oh yeah, this is silly, no? Let's, okay, let's have a soda and let's watch some TV. You have to nurture it. You have to keep going. And that's where it leads you to the next thing. That, that is so powerful. I really have to say uh, all this conversation from beginning to the close pretty soon that we have to uh, reflect on everything you just said. It, it's just so rich and, and you're right, it's no accidents. And if we look at the life, everything connects and everything is interconnected. And I love how you also find a parallel between the King Kong movie and the Pinocchio and the artists behind it and people that you connect historically, but also with their creativities that are very unique to them. So with that in mind, with closing, uh, what would you like to leave the audience with? Some so just a quick reminder or something. And then also, if you can just share, uh, what would you like to be remembered by? Because you already shaped so much in your personal and professional life. And for so many in the Mexico, right? And, 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 and Latina culture. But what would you like to really to say, no matter what, like you mentioned already, you, you win an Oscar. I love that because I say the same thing, like my documentary and the, and, and full feature movie I'm working on as like, it's definitely, you know, Oscar winner. And what do I need to do to elevate the game to be of that caliber? Right. So, uh, but what else besides winning the Oscar and, and, and accomplishing uh, more of these beautiful novels and journeys and, and screen screenplays. Thank you, Isabella. Well, I would say put all these things together in just saying that inspiration. I think uh, because I've been covering the Oscars for 20 years and I have seen a lot of artists and some of them friends of mine with the Oscar in their hands, that the, 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 their faces obviously are very proud because there's something larger like the Academy with their peers say you are the best or you accomplish something great. But really, the joy of them, like little kids they are actually, all of them, is that they're doing this for a living. And uh, the adventure is to do the thing, not to, uh, to win an award. Yes. Uh, because, yes. Yeah, because let me tell you in the other side of the story, I, I was when Iñárritu lose, if you can say it that way, because this is not a, like a competition, this is art, yes. art versus art. So when he lose his Oscar uh, for Amores Perros against uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and I knew and I heard uh, all that week, I heard people, uh, important art, uh, celebrities and artists uh, and the Academy by itself t saying great stuff about Iñárritu. Even Ang Lee, the director who won for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, when I asked him, a very powerful movie, by the way. I by the way, yeah, it was. It's, it's a beautiful movie. So when I asked him, "Have you? What happened? Uh, what was your reaction when you saw Amores Perros?" He said, "I couldn't sleep mm. because it hit me so much that I couldn't sleep." So, what's more important at the end of the day, Isabella, an Oscar or Ang Lee saying that he couldn't sleep when after watching your movie? Yeah, when impact, you have absolutely, it's the impact that we're creating. But reason I'm all obviously saying is, and you spot on. It's a great to put yourself. But what I said is why it's so important to make sure that we're elevating our game, right? So that we can be the Oscar worthy and whatever that means in the world of creativity, meaning the best we can, the best version of ourselves. And but you spot on. It's all about impact and what we're gonna with the story, how we're gonna affect people around us. Yeah, yeah, inspiration, how we're gonna to touch the world. 
what's the, your take about, not just about your craft, but about life? The best artists are the ones who mix that, their vision about their, what they're doing, their industry, their art, whatever they do, and the, their vision of life. That's why you have to keep living. That's why you have to keep, keep meeting people. That's why you have to ask the tough questions to everyone and to yourself, because that's the way that you learn about life, and that's the way that you're gonna evolve as a human being. So if you bring those, uh, let's say those, um, quests that you put yourself because curiosity and, and knowing something has to lead your way I would say uh, that's the best path to to grow and if every day you learn something new and you bring people around you who also wants to learn that stuff you they th those people are gonna be your allies and those people are the ones who are gonna invite you to play with them or you can invite them to play with you for free Okay, obviously there was gonna be a point where it has to be money involved, but the point is that their gods are there because they believe in you, because you love the craft. You have, I have to tell you something, and it has to be also in the mob. The, the, the leaders know when the people who are around them really love what they are doing, and they, they have it in the heart. Yes. They are not you pretending. Cannot, you, exactly, you can't. You can't, you, I always say authenticity and being real, you can't fake it. People, people absolutely know who has the agenda, who is genuinely interested, who really loves the craft, who really is curious, who wants to learn it versus when it's all that staged and has a outer motive. And I absolutely agree with you. And about the legacy, wow. <laughs> that's a that's a tough one i i would say that most of the my, my my best moments as a human being were uh being a an uncle with my two nieces and being ah. a and being a teacher uh for From 10 years <laughs> exactly and being a teacher uh of or professor in in two colleges that i have the chance to teach in mexico i think i love to nurture the new generation, I love to have inspiration from them. And if one day I'm in the, my casket, uh, laying wherever they put me, I don't know if it's gonna be America, United States or Mexico or whatever, but I would love to think that one of my students would say like, oh, thank you of Mario, I learned this. Thanks to Mario, I learned that. And uh, mm. and that will be my my accomplishment to, to, to leave my, yeah, my mark is about uh, leaving my mark in the, in their mind or their hearts as an as a role modeling. I always believe in role modeling. That's why my father was the first one, my mother too, and then Spielberg, Jim Henson, George Lucas, Alfred Hitchcock, Walt Disney. I always wanted to learn from someone who get there before. Now it's Guillermo del Toro, for example. And let me bring you one of the more stuff, Isabella. You're talking about Hollywood. Yes, Hollywood is not a place. I, I will say it's an idea. It's a, it's like us, like the Wizard of Oz land. It's us. Yes. yes. So, and I have to say it because I live here now, that they uh, really are looking. I love, I love the differentiation. That is just idea. Wow, wow, wow. And this idea, even people living here, they they connect with the idea. They have to raise their arm to 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 connect their their body or their imagination to this idea of Hollywood and think of the best. 
The only way that that King Kong 1933 works and the only way that this King Kong versus Godzilla works is because people are always pushing the envelope and they show up every day to do their best that they can. That is beautiful. I agree with you. It, 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 you're right. It's a dream. It's idea. It's a feeling. It's desire. It's a passion. It's something that people are striving for. Some things are more clear for some and more, some things are not. But anyway, regardless, uh, it's, it's just very interesting um, what we do with that, right? And because if we are attached to that emotion, it means different things to different different parts of us. So I I'm more, you love it. I more, I, I think at the end of the day, you have to win this by heart. Uh, yeah. Is the way that it works for me. It's, it's like falling in love with your girlfriend, no? Or your boyfriend or whoever you want to love. In my case, uh, I always say like, like uh, it's Marilyn Monroe. So I want to dance with her and maybe, maybe, maybe one day I'm going to kiss her. That's the dream. Yeah. And that's the fun of it. Uh, having that undying, undying passion, right? Because the mm -hmm. passion needs to be within us. And of course, with aligning with people that think similarly to us, but ultimately it is our dream. It's not your dad's dream. It's not your mom's dream. It's not your colleague's dream. It's not people from your culture, but ultimately something that you passing on that is tangible, that is valuable, that is everlasting because we have so much people focusing selfishly only on themselves and they consider it, they made it. And I'm not saying that is bad or wrong or the other, but, but limits what is possible. And I love when you go into this space where you show what is beyond the limits and, and just uh, unleash it and see where it goes. So I'm looking forward to seeing your future work. This was absolute pleasure, Mario, to have this conversation. And obviously it is to be continued because it's very hard to run into artists that, um, again, breaking into new ways and new industries and new parts of industries like yourself and applying yourself and be able to be exposed as a result because you exude the trust, right? You know, the first ingredient is to have a conversation with people of caliber like Spielberg and other major, major uh, staple names in Hollywood, specific from that old Hollywood, right? Uh, you have to have pedigree. You need to know and you need to really desire and know how to speak and know how to interact with them. So thank you very much, Isabella. Uh, thank you for this invitation. Uh, I, I will say that I feel part of your community now. Uh, you have this uh, warm heart and warm uh, personality. And uh, yes, uh, I think uh, part of living is to share our no notes. My father would say that living is about sharing notes. No, and cross-pollinate uh, and show because everybody's attracted to certain things that are holy, but they don't understand what, what that means. What, what do you need to be? What do you need to do in order to partake in that, right? Let me tell you, let me tell you a quick story because I was working in development uh, here in, in Hollywood. Uh, is is this department where the studio began, uh, hire writers and, and, and they receive the writers in the room and they pitch their stories. Uh, and there was this production happening and the, the, the producer was hiring writers and it struck me right away that the questions with the writers were just about, tell me about yourself, tell me about your life, tell me about your experiences. 
not about your resume, who hired you, uh, skills. No, no, no. Obviously, you have to get you... to know you. It's all about you, right? Curiosity and interest of the person. Yeah, because they're going to work with you for months or for years, and they know they want to know us in the same time. What else, what's the thing that you're going to bring that you're going to bring to the table? No. So, for example, if they're worrying about this show was about a woman who emancipated from her parents because it was a small town and she was she was a lesbian and she she was critical about that. She can hire a guy, but the guy has this story about yes, I feel awkward when I was a kid. I had problems with my with my friends. In, so, oh, okay, there is a connection there. Or no, I have a happy family. Okay, I want you because you're gonna bring that side because maybe I'm gonna be, go darker and you can bring. No, no, no. Family is also good when they are together. So your your personal story is gonna help you to be in that room and to be higher. Wow. That is beautiful. Mari, I have to say, this is going to be to continue. This is just beginning. And, and, and I'm so glad that we had a chance to converse today on the Legacy Leader Show, uh, where people can also learn if you put your passion and heart and desire and talk to right people and start small and keep building and believing in yourself and doing phenomenal job, doing the best you can. Doors going to open, right? And opportunity is going to be there. So. It's going to happen. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. Yes, and I love your enthusiasm, and I'm looking forward to see how our projects are unfolding. And, and maybe, who knows, you know, which events we're going to run into each other and where we're going to be and be on these major premieres and some great stages and opportunities to talk about it, right? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if it's don't, this doesn't matter. The thing we have to have fun doing it. We're going to exactly. learn a lot about ourselves. Exactly. Thank you, Mario. It was a pleasure. Thank you. We send you hello and goodbye and a big hug from Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.